Let's pray together. Father, if that's true, if Jesus Christ's work here on earth laid death in its grave, then that must mean that life reigns. That victory can be ours in Christ Jesus. Oh, Father God, would you come with such power through a broken vessel like me, but power through the preaching of your word so that, Father, that you're here with us in spirit, the spirit of Jesus, so that that we can be just palatably touched by the victory of Christ. Would you come and may the aroma of Christ fill this place so that life will reign, so that lives are changed, so that you are glorified, so that we are encouraged, so that we're reminded death has been laid in the grave and life reigns in Christ. And that victory is ours today. May that reality come from everything that is said, everything that is done for your glory and for our hope and joy. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Is there anything quite like the smell of mama's cooking? And you shouldn't figure that out today, by the way, right? I mean, how many of you already got up? You made mom breakfast. You did it, right? And you got lunch all prepared. It's in the crock pot, right? Ready to go home. Maybe not. Maybe you're thinking, oh, nuts. We're running to Olive Garden quick. But just the smell of mama's cooking. It probably evokes some memories. What about the smell of your mama's home? Maybe the smell of of growing up. Uh, uh, Just uh, a certain smell. You go back in the house and immediately some memories flood back to you. Maybe it's just that unique smell of mama. There's nothing quite like the scent of mama. I'm telling you, they say uh, studies have found, and which makes me wonder, how do they find these studies out? But studies say that even babies in the womb start smelling and te- detecting mom. The babies two to three days old can distinguish the smell of their mama's ambiotic fluid compared to others. Pretty amazing, isn't it? It's just within like the first week or so that babies' sense of smell and their sense of the smell of their mama, that they can tell mama's milk from other milk. As a matter of fact, uh, it's the scent of mama that a baby prefers over anybody else. It's that scent of mama that, that kind of uh, provides comfort and, and relief. Uh, during the early service, uh, I had the privilege of baptizing a child. And as soon as I got her, man, the bobby came out and tears started to flow baptized her, we uh, enjoyed the moment, handed her to mom, everything's good, you know? So it's not me, it's mama. This is how God has wired babies. They have a unique smell. And you know what's interesting? Uh, Scientists have also found that our sense of smell triggers memories almost stronger than anything else. And just a certain aroma, a certain scent, maybe of your childhood, uh, maybe of, of a certain place you were, and it triggers such a response in memory. Some of that could be positive. I know some of that could be negative. But again, just a, just a whiff of mom's cooking or just a, a whiff of mom's scent should probably evoke quite a response. You know, the Bible tells us that Christians have a certain aroma. That, that the Bible tells us that we as Christians, followers of Christ, uh, we, by God's grace, who know and love Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we have a particular scent to us. 
It's the aroma of Christ. God has given us the aroma of His only begotten Son. And God, amazingly, God says, I want this aroma spread everywhere. I want the aroma of my Son, the only begotten one, the Savior of the world, spread everywhere, and I want to use your life to do it. I want to spread the knowledge, God says in His Word, of Jesus everywhere as you are the fragrance of Christ. Everywhere you go, everywhere I go, Everywhere God's children go, God is spreading the aroma of Christ through us. And listen, it should always evoke a response. Always. We're going to look at that today. We're going to see the power of the aroma of Christ. It's, a, it's an amazingly powerful thing. So as we continue our study in 2 Corinthians, will you open your Bibles up to 2 Corinthians chapter 2? Uh, today, we're going to look at verses 14 through 17 and God's holy word. It's, a, it's an amazing letter. Because this letter here in the Bible was written by a man named Paul. He wrote it for a specific church in Corinth and those around it. But because God's Holy Spirit actually breathed upon Paul, he wrote in his own style. Uh, he wrote in his own way. But he wrote in a way that God allowed him to write that will never lead us astray. It is never, uh, never have error in the original. So we can trust this. God, Orangewood, God today has a love letter for you. God has a message for you, and it's right here in His Word, empowered by His Holy Spirit. So let us read it together. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. Paul writes, But thank God, He has made us His captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Picture a parade. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance, rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are the dreadful stank or smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume, And who's adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of Christ, a word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Let us pray. Oh, omnipotent, ever present, omnipresent one, we know that you are watching us. And we know you love us in Christ Jesus. And God, you've called this broken vessel to preach with the authority of Christ. So God, would you do that which only you can do. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray in Christ's powerful name. Amen. The first thing we're going to see in this passage is an amazing passage. And by the way, if you want to follow along, there's an outline for you in the bulletin. The first thing we see that is in Christ Jesus as God's grace has called us into a relationship with Him through His Son, that we are, if you follow Jesus, listen, we are captives in Christ's victory parade. That is what God is calling us. He's calling us captives in God's victory parade. What do you picture with parades? You know what they say about Americans? 
Everyone loves a parade. I mean, I don't know if that's a Macy's Day, Thanksgiving Day parade. It's something about us Americans. Everyone loves a parade or a Veterans Day or Fourth of July. Maybe around here, my favorite parade is the Maitland Little League opening day parade. Love that parade. Start in Maitland Middle. We make our way all over to Keller. All the teams are there and we just celebrate uh, a new season and celebrate the life of our children. But what do you, what do you picture when you picture a parade? What, what things come to your mind? Maybe a ticker tape parade, maybe big inflatable uh, Superman or whatever uh, going down uh, New York City. What do you picture? I guarantee you what you picture as a parade is quite different than what they pictured in the church of Corinth. They had a very strong image of a parade as well, a victory parade. It's usually a military victory parade. So when Paul tells us in this passage and beginning in verse 14, that we continually are being led in procession, he's evoking an imagery of a victory parade. As a matter of fact, what's really neat about this and what's incredible about God's word, it's just one story. The story fits. So if you want to go back and read like Psalm 68, verse 18, you're going to see the similar language that Paul, uh, or that the scripture uses, the psalmist uses there, that Paul is using here. But this is an image that they would have had in that early church very clearly. It's an image of like a conquering uh, king or, or uh, a Roman a warrior coming back into town. And here's what they would see. This is what their victory parade would look like. You'd have a warrior king that just had and led his troops into battle and success. And as they come back into town, there's kind of the cheers of victory. You know, we could kind of hear that. And there'd be the yahoos and the celebration. But there'd be more than just the sound of victory. There'd be the smell of victory. They'd have incense. There'd be the incense that would be burning, kind of uh, proclaiming a victory that was won. But there'd be a long train. And Scripture tells us uh, in the Old Testament to be a long train of captives. It's kind of like the booty. It's kind of like uh, the, the victorious king saying, look what we just conquered. Can you imagine if, uh, uh, it's not hard to imagine, can you imagine the New York Yankees won the pennant? Uh, and as there's a victory parade uh, in New York, the Boston Red Sox are all right behind them, you know, saying, look what we just conquered. And again, that's not a really, a, a, uh, it's more of an American League thing. But this, Paul is talking, hang on with me. We're talking parades. You can't miss it. This is amazing. Because God shows us a parade that is the most crazy, unusual parade ever. And here it is. It's a king who leads the parade. And the king is the one who's slaughtered. Not the captives. The ones who were trailing behind the captives. They were being led to slaughter. But this, this parade, this victory parade in Christ Jesus is being led by a king who was slaughtered for the captives. It's amazing. It's amazing that what happens is when these victory parades came into town, people presented gifts to the conquering king. Let me give you, uh, oh king, be my king. Receive this gift so I can celebrate in your victory. Oh king, let me give you a victory gift. It says that in Psalm 68. But do you want to know about this Jesus king? This Jesus king is the king who is the slaughtered king. And he does something unbelievable. He turns to the captives, Ephesians 4 says to us, and he gives us gifts. He gives us gifts. He gives us gifts like forgiveness. He gives us gifts like eternal life. He gives us gifts like adoption into his family. He gives us gifts like his love. He shares with everything 
with his children. Everything that he's earned is a victorious king. Everything that he deserves is God Almighty. He gives to his captives. Isn't that amazing? He calls them brothers and sisters. You see, Paul knew about this. Paul knew about being uh, made captive to a king named Jesus who would be slain uh, so that he could have victory. Matter of fact, Paul used to be called Saul. And he didn't like you. And he didn't like me. And he didn't like anybody who followed after Christ as Messiah. As a matter of fact, he was so ticked at those of us who love Jesus that he decides to persecute and kill us. And one day he had gotten some permission uh, to go to a town called Damascus and find and round up, round up, round up, easy for me to say, Christians and persecute them. But Jesus was waiting for him. And as he rode into town, he came face to face with a slaughtered warrior that had raised been risen from the dead named Jesus, and his life was forever changed. Changed his name, changed his identity, changed the whole trajectory of his life. So Paul, when he's painting this picture of the fact that we are in Christ, we are a victory parade, he knew the reality. He knew the reality. He was taken captive by the love of God. He was taken so a captive that his whole life identity had changed. And now Paul, if you read his story, he had a pretty messed up, difficult life. Even after Jesus came in, he says, my life is a victory parade. My life, I'm being led continually in triumph. It's nothing to do about me. It's nothing to do about my knowledge. It's nothing to do about my works. I am being continually led in triumph in Christ Jesus because there was a king who was slaughtered for me. And this king who was slaughtered to me turned to me and made me his captives. And oh, did he give me his gifts. What an amazing king we have. And now, because of that, because of that reality, listen, no matter what is happening in your life right now, and I know there's a lot of pain, and no matter what is happening right now, and I know there's a lot of anguish, and no matter what is happening in your life right now, if you are in Christ Jesus, you're victorious forever. Your life's a parade in him I know it doesn't feel like it sometimes, but it's true. Second thing you'll see is that we are vessels for spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. That God has made us, and we're going to see in a couple of weeks through 2 Corinthians, that God calls us jars of clay. Kind of fragile. That, but we are vessels. We are vessels that God is using and, and making us in Christ and through us spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere. When I worked in New York City, right out of college, on 34th and 9th, right across the street from where I worked was this awesome little Chinese restaurant. It was kind of more takeout than it was sit down, and it certainly wasn't formal. You would go in there, and they would have daily specials uh, that were just wonderful. And sometimes daily specials in New York City could, like, cost you an arm and a leg, you know? You got to take a small mortgage out to get this daily special. But this place was cheap. I mean, like, for four fifty, you got a quarter chicken meal. And for five and a quarter, you got a half a chicken. And guess what I usually got? A half a chicken. But my favorite was when they had the garlic chicken special. Oh, man, I don't know what they did to that thing, but that I'm telling you, it was good. And enjoyed it. Go to work, come back, grab the train, head back home. I mean, I would, I would, uh, my wife Katie would be picking me up at the station, open up the car door, and I'd hear, I can't believe you went there again. I mean, she knew exactly where I had been by the aroma I was giving off. It came out of all my pores. 
Listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ and being made new in him should fill every pore of our lives. And it should be the reality is that we can't hide who we've been with. We can't hide it. I mean, we, we've been with Jesus. We've been with our conquering King, the one who was slaughtered for us. We've been with Jesus and He's made us new and we can't hide it. It's coming out our pores. It comes out of our words. It comes out of our actions. You know, the, the Gospel, each one of the Gospels tells a beautiful story of a pretty sinful woman. I mean, she was the town tramp. And when Jesus got a hold of her life, wow, I mean, 180 degree turn. It's amazing. One of the, it's a member of our church and, and uh, in our community group that is just so giddy about Jesus. She can't get over it. She can't get over that God loves her. I mean, she's so giddy. And we're talking about it this week is why? Because she feels like, I just have been forgiven so much. God has done so much. I just, I just can't get over the new life in Christ. And the reality is that she's been not any more forgiven than I have. But there was this woman in the Bible, the gospel tells us, that, that was the town, hmm, you know, the one you went to to pay money to try to feel better. And, you know, but when Jesus got a hold of her life, everything changed. And, and she wanted to show Jesus amazing love. So she, she brought with her what she owned. And what she owned was a, an alabaster jar of perfume. And it was really expensive. And a matter of fact, I don't know how she earned the money, but I'm assuming, or earned the perfume, but it probably wasn't really good the way she got it, but she got it and she was going to come and she was going to pour it all out to Jesus. And you know, the amazing thing is, is she went there and here's what she had to do. She had to break the jar to pour it out. And when she broke the jar and she poured out the perfume and everywhere it spread this amazing fragrance. Do you know that some religious people like Judas and others said, man, what a waste. What a waste pouring all that out. You could have sold that and given money to the poor. And Jesus said, no, no, no. She's doing something amazing here. But what, what, what is so beautiful to me is it's a vessel that had to be broken for the fragrance of Christ, for the fragrance to really spread. Do you know that God is pleased to use broken vessels to spread the aroma of Christ? Do you know what that God usually does? I don't know if you know Steve Hatcher. He's one of our elders. He's an amazing guy. I love Steve. Steve's one of the most Christ-like men I know. He, he's been that way for a really, really long time. And Steve has uh, recently been diagnosed with cancer. And Steve has been battling, and man, has he been battling, and what he's had to go through, the ringer he's had to go through. But I'm telling you what, Steve has been stripped of so many things in life. I mean, Steve's come to the point where, where he sometimes just has Jesus. And you know the good news that Steve's found out? That he has nothing but Jesus, but Jesus is enough. I mean, it's amazing. And don't forget, Steve was one of the good guys before this all happened. But God has, has broken Steve. He stripped Steve. And, and read his emails. I can't wait to read his emails. Why? Because it's the aroma of Christ. Because in the absolute brokenness of Steve's life physically, Jesus' beautiful, victorious life is just spreading everywhere. Isn't that good news that he uses broken vessels to spread the good news? of Christ everywhere. You see, when we are the aroma of Christ, we really should be the aroma of sacrifice. Now listen, the aroma of Christ is the aroma of sacrifice. What does that mean? It means that we need to be people who live very, very near the cross of Christ. We need to be people who don't ever wander very far from the cross of Christ because it was there at that sacrifice that Jesus became our sin. It was there at that, at that cross of Christ that an amazing trans, uh, transaction took place. 
that he became sinful, we became righteous. It was there at that sacrifice that, that we became uh, new, new life in Christ Jesus. It's there that we were forgiven. It's there, and that's where we should live our lives. Our lives should be filled with the aroma of sacrifice. First and foremost, Christ's sacrifice. It should identify us. It should empower us. It should motivate us for all that we do. And now, Romans 12, 1 tells us that we should respond in a way that our lives are a living sacrifice. We are now living our lives saying, God, thank you that I don't have to sacrifice my life so you'll approve of me. But because you love me and what Christ has done, may I live my life as a life of sacrifice to you. The aroma of Christ smells like sacrifice. Have you met the Tata family here at Orangewood? Amazing family. Uh, They've moved down from the New Jersey, Pennsylvania area to come. They've joined our church. They've jumped right in. And sadly, when they moved from New England area down here, the Christian population went to half out there. That's not that funny. I'm up there too anyway. Um, But if you remember several weeks ago, uh, one of our our Eagle Scout candidates, Matt Ward, uh, told us that if we go down after service and have our mouth swabbed, we might be able to be a bone marrow uh, transplant helper and uh, um, help someone and maintain and save their life. Well, Carrie Tata went. Uh, Carrie's story includes pain, the loss of a spouse, cancer. Um, she, she knows that life isn't easy when you follow Jesus, but she wants to give back. She was a match. She was a match, and she, we're going to fly her. They're going to fly her up to Washington, D.C., and she's going to be able to, to give uh, her bone marrow to another that needs it. That, my brothers and sisters, is the aroma of Christ. That is the aroma of sacrifice. That's one who knows what Jesus has done for her. The aroma of Christ, we need to know this. The aroma of Christ is never neutral. Okay, now listen. The aroma of Christ is never neutral. In the Bible, you don't have Jesus walking this earth and having people think, oh, that's kind of vanilla. Oh, that was kind of interesting. That Jesus guy, can't quite figure him out. He always evoked an amazing response. Jesus walked this earth, and as the aroma of Christ, as Christ, as Jesus is Lord, he evoked a response. Some bowed and worshipped him. I mean, some said, you are God Almighty. You are the anointed one. You are the Messiah. I give everything to you. And many, most, sometimes picked up stones to kill him. You see, he always evoked a response. And you and I are to be the aroma of Christ, and we are always to evoke a response as well. Scripture says, to some we're going to be the smell of the stank of death. And to some, we will be the smell of life. But let's begin what we are with to the Father. If you are in Christ Jesus right now, if you love Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you something. The Father is smiling on you. The Father loves you because you smell like His only begotten righteous Son, and He loves that in you. He can't get over the smell of Christ in and through you. He loves it. It's His delight. As I studied this, I just pictured a, a father who maybe prematurely lost a son who wears that son's sweatshirt just to maintain that aroma. And that we have the aroma of his slaughtered son for us. Do you know you smell really good to the father in Christ? But you know, the world thinks it's a stank and it doesn't smell good. The aroma of Christ to the world really, really stinks. 
I think I shared with you uh, several months ago, my mom's 80th birthday, we went on a cruise and celebrated. It was my sister and her husband and my brother and his wife and Katie and I and my mom and dad. And her birthday fell on a Sunday. We decided to have a little worship service in their cabin because their cabin was bigger than anybody else's. I mean, they're all teeny and tiny, but they had a little balcony. So we went in that day and we had a little worship service and we opened up the balcony, uh, the sliding glass doors and some were inside and some were outside and we were reading scripture and we were reading some devotionals and just trying to have a time of worship. And we kind of noticed a, a rumbling sound that got louder and louder next door and it really wasn't distinguishable at first and we really didn't know what was happening. We weren't paying attention, but pretty soon it became loud enough that you had to listen and you had to listen because it was so angry and so vile. And pretty soon you realize there's someone cussing on the other side. And then a head peers around that little divider of our balconies. And he looks, leans over into our space and says, I don't want to hear that blankety, blankety, blank. I'm here and I don't want to blankety, blankety, blank. And just taking the Lord's name in vain and calling us the worst names. Bless his heart, my dad was ready to take him on. <laughs> it's a military in him. Holding them back. Dad, they spit on Jesus. Of course they're going to hate us. I mean, we're the aroma of Christ. We're the smell of death to him. And it stinks. To some, the story, the smell of Christ will be the aroma of death. But some, the smell of Christ will be the aroma of life. Last weekend, I was standing in line at Walgreens. I was third in line about 10.30 at night. And the first lady in line uh, trying to negotiate her payment uh, was standing there. I would say she was about 65 uh, or so. She was there with a little boy, kind of unusual to be there with a little boy. I'm assuming she was grandma. Uh, The little boy, uh, through a conversation with the clerk, found out, got quite dirty that day playing at the park. And you kind of wondered, man, it's kind of late. He's kind of dirty. And I think she had something wrong with her eyes. She couldn't quite see the screen as she was trying to swipe her card. And and she kept on saying, now, what does that say? And and what does that say? And they're trying to help her out. But it became painfully obvious. You you know where I'm going. It became obvious that her card was no good. And it wasn't her eyesight. It was just her card didn't work, you know. And so you're sitting there awkwardly a little bit. And and so she said, how much do I owe again? $8.75, man. So she reached into her purse and she pulled out some crumpled bills. And, you know, I could see him pretty clearly from where I was. And then I could see her peel one, two, three. She's not going to make it. You know, it was 875, folks. So I, I, I take out a 20 and I slide it on the counter. I just say, hey, I would like to buy her uh, stuff here today. And, and she, she said, she stopped. She says, oh, really, sir? Oh, thank you very much. I, I just thank you. And it really... It's 875, folks. I mean, come on, right? But it wasn't her response that so much struck me. It was the response of the clerk behind the uh, cash register. I mean, she just stopped. The lady, she goes, I- I've never seen that before. And here's what she said. Are you in a hurry? <laughs> I said, no. Usually I'm, I'm not in a hurry. But just God had blessed me. He's blessed me so much. It was just easy to try to be a blessing to her. I just never seen that before. I, I just can't get that's really, really nice of what you've done. I, I got I paid, I, I walked out. She walked out to the car. I rolled on my way. I, I just I just want to tell you that, that really meant a lot. Can I give you these coupons? And if you call this 800 number and you tell that story, you might win three thousand dollars. 
So here's the point. Give a 875. I won three grand. No, 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 that's, that's not it. I said, you know, ma'am, thank you very much. Um, but I didn't do it for that. That just was the aroma of Christ. In some, it's the smell of life. Do you know the aroma of Christ should smell like family to one another? The, the world's going to have a response, but it should have a response to us too. Last Sunday, I worshiped in a barn in the middle of nowhere and up, up on Lookout Mountain. It was beautiful. And it's supposed to be in a barn. It's, it's, it's a church, a church that, it's, it's a barn. And they open up the doors and, and, and they worship with the beautiful outdoors coming in. And they do communion every week. And you go and you kneel and receive it. And the elders pray over it. It's really, it was different than us. But there was an aroma there I just loved. It was the aroma of Jesus. And I love being with God's people. And I love being under God's word. And I love the aroma of Christ wherever we go. Listen, we always should evoke a response. Always. Never should we be neutral. If your life is not evoking a response from those around you, be concerned. If your life is not evoking a response, either, wow, that smells like life, or Man, that smells like death. Evaluate your heart. Evaluate your life. If it's neutral, it's not a good sign. I want to point you to also to the freedom in Christ. I want to remind you of some great gospel truth of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Are you ready for this? You smell beautiful to the Father. In Christ Jesus, He is pleased with you. You are a pleasant aroma to Him. And it doesn't matter what the world thinks you smell like. You're free. You're free. You're loved. Live your life. And the reality of his sacrifice, don't worry about the world. We need to examine what are the odor eaters in our lives? What are those things in our lives that are just eating away the odor of Christ's aroma? I know that I have a lot of things I try to mask my own odor. Change shirts in between services. Put on more stuff, because believe me, you don't want me without it. But what's masking the aroma of Christ in our lives? I think there's a few things we've got to look at. One is wrapping ourselves in the world. Church, the enemy would love for us to be no different than the world. They would love to wrap us. The enemy would love to wrap us up in materialism, wrap us up in popularity, wrap us up in the pursuit of our own stuff, worldliness, wrap us up in that cocoon us up in it so we no longer are the aroma of Christ. You know what else I believe the enemy wants to, to uh, wrap us up in? You've got to lean into this. This is really important. Is oftentimes we live our lives trying to please God on our own, in our own righteousness. Many of you probably think that God up there is up there and wants to know if he's going to love you if you do the right thing and you sacrifice your life enough. Do you know you trying to please God on your own? Listen to this. You pl- trying to please God on your own apart from Christ stinks. It's body odor. It's no good. He rejects it. It's filthy. The beautiful thing is you don't have to hide yourself in Christ. His sacrifice. Live for Him. He already loves you. Our own efforts are no good. Well, we started by saying there's no smell like the smell of mama. Let's talk about moms for just a minute. Moms, you should be the aroma of Christ first and foremost. And your sacrifice should be to Jesus first. I cannot believe the sacrifice you moms are making for your kids. Oh my goodness. The amount of money you pay for things like uh, 
uh, club volleyball, the amount of money you play for, pay for AAU ba- baseball, the amount of things you do to get your kids get a good SAT score, the places you'd go to sacrifice for your kids, it's amazing. But it shouldn't be first. It's got to be Jesus. I mean, first and foremost, you should sacrifice to him and be the aroma of Christ. The greatest gift my mom, my grandma, my mother-in-law, my wife give me is the aroma of Christ. And give our children That's the greatest thing. Model a life of love and sacrifice to your kids. But for all of us, go and be the aroma of Christ to a world that's dying. You can't control how they're going to smell you. Some you're going to stink. Some you're going to be life. Trust God. You smell beautiful to him. But amazing, ready this? Your life's a victory parade. Do you know that? Your life is a victory parade. And listen, he uses broken vessels to do it. That's his purpose. Right? Go. Go and just fill the world with the knowledge of Christ through your life. Don't try to earn it. Just bask in it. Be you in love with Jesus and see what he does. It's a beautiful thing. Let's pray. God, your plan to fill the earth with your glory is almost laughable. That you choose us those of us who are your children, to be the aroma of Christ, that through us you want to spread everywhere the reality that Jesus lives and loves. And God, I thank you so much that you choose to use broken jars of clay. God, I thank you for the number of folks in this life through their brokenness, Steve and Carrie and so many others are the aroma of Christ. God, I thank you that it's not up to us how the world responds. We can't control that. To some, we're going to smell like death, but some life. But God, I pray that each one of us here truly lives near that sacrifice of Christ, that the aroma of Christ will have the smell of sacrifice. Jesus has sacrificed for us, and in turn, our lives a sacrifice for him. For the glory of Christ And for the advancement of Christ's kingdom, I beseech you, Father, make this place the aroma of Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us stand and sing.